You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You, you, you know what you are? You're a popcorn salesman. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the home stretch. All right, let's hit the field with, with, with friends. Hello! Welcome to the Home Stretch. I'm your host, Tyler Harrison, along with my co host, slash. I don't know. All I, all, all I do know is you're trying to, uh, you're trying to raise out that hello inspired by the glorious nights that I've been doing lately. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Speedy Petey has just fell in line with everybody else on this goddamn network, taking credit for things that I've started and making them sound as if he started them himself. I didn't say I started. I said, uh, Speedy. I said it was influenced. No. No Speedy. the words. Speedy. Speedy. I get, you to, I get you to do it that way. Yes, and you felt inspired. Yes, but I inspired you to do it right in the first place. I know. And now it circled back. That's all I said. I didn't say you. I didn't say I started it. <laughs> no, but you just did the Maddie Caps, Errol Marks, and Mike Guido. Hear it from me first. When you first hear it, nah, no. A week or two later, yeah, well, all right. This is this is what actually happened. Okay, that's great. That's why I have my island that nobody's on, and. You guys are just in transit lost. <laughs> Jeez. But, um, yeah, a lot to get to. MLB free agency is all over the place. Uh, we got picks to do. I might do Sarms and Sidems fantasy-wise. I don't know. It's been a while since I did one of those. Um, I'm keeping tabs on the hot stove because it's going waiting to ha- for something to break <laughs> during yeah, the show. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice. It would be very nice for once if, you know, I didn't have to chase the story. It kind of just happened and while I was here, you know. But um, not going to lie, you know, it's been a pretty slow day. Garrett Cole signed a few days ago. Anthony Rendon signed Wednesday. Wednesday. And then yesterday was kind of just recapping that plus the Jets were on and they were humiliated once again. But um, I guess we'll start with everyone's favorite segment because, you know, I'm alone again, so that's fine. Um, we're getting close to the new year. I don't know when these shows will stop taping. Do you know when that is? Stop taping? Well, yeah. Well, like, when do we have off? I would assume Christmas Day we won't be here. Well, I won't be here that whole week, so I don't know what, about everyone else. When are you leaving? Next Saturday. So, the 20th? I think it's the 20th, yeah. Yeah. And when do you come back? After New Year's. Ooh. So, I'm out till the 20th, because he won't be here, till probably the 6th. Mm-hmm. Now... The reason that we're not 
gonna probably come back the way we leave is this show's getting a drastic change in it. Um, hmm. For example, I won't be the host, and most likely Speedy's not going to be here. Um, that sucks. But, you know, the show goes on and I can't get sentimental about it now because then Lord knows the 20th is going to be hard as hell. But uh, we'll get to that bridge when we get to it. But there will be change. There's going to be a lot of changes. Like, I don't think anything I'm doing now will be continued in 2020. Uh, for those of you who think I talk too much, I probably will talk not at all anymore. I'm just kidding. I will. I tell somebody defends Aaron Boone. Uh, <laughs> I'll jump right back. Right. In. Yeah. Right. Um, that's a lie. Lord knows I will always continue to talk. But um, yeah. There's gonna be some changes. They will be here soon. The very generic they. Yeah, because I, to be honest, I don't know the other one's name. Um, and. The little bit I've heard from Eric, I, I do. I, uh. I like him, and I'm gonna enjoy working with him. I just hope he enjoys working with me. Because I guarantee, like, I guarantee you, he says he's watched the show. Ah. Now, here, now, here's the thing, right? Like, everyone tells me, oh, well, they watched the show, they watched the show. That's great. You know how many times people come on do, here? You should do some kind of 20-question questionnaire or something. <laughs> I should get him prepped somehow. But uh, I, I know for a fact nobody watches this show because when they get on here, they get freaking side-gutted. Like, oh. Oh, God. I'm a lot. And everyone's worried about, you know, me. I'm not really worried about it. I'm bored. I've which, told people this. Question one. Which Yankees youngster did Tyler say to explore trading in August 28, 19? <laughs> he's not a youngster. He's almost 30. Mm, okay, but he's still on the younger side. Yeah, even so. And I didn't, listen, I'm not saying Aaron Judge deserved to be traded right away. But, you know, experiment. Open it up. What if you would have got an offer of uh, Soto and a young prospect? Goodbye. So long. No, Juan Soto at this point is not better than Aaron Judge, but what Juan Soto showed me in the World Series is something Aaron Judge hasn't. Yeah, the postseason value changed a lot for that. Yeah, I mean, that, that changed a lot to me. Sorry. And defense in right field is, at Yankee Stadium is like, I don't know. Defense and baseball in general doesn't matter, so I don't really understand <laughs> where that goes. Like, And see, this is why I'm relying on the two people that watch this show to kind of be like the guiding force. Because when the guys get here and I say something sarcastically like I just did, Eric's probably going to have a freaking heart attack. You, you don't think baseball and defense matter? No, I do. I'm making fun of another doofus that doesn't think that. Oh, okay, because you scared me. I know, I know, I know I scared you, but, you know, that that's how sadly people think. Now... Again, never got through my Garrett Cole thing. Doesn't really matter. Um, 
I'm saying I'm a lot because I don't want to sound angry. I'm not angry. I, trust me, I'm bored. I'm very, very bored. Me and Speedy agree more than we disagree. Makes me mad. Mike Guido is not I'm here. trading everybody, but yeah. I didn't say trade everybody, but I think that there's a point in time where people just become expendable. All right. Like, we wouldn't trade Matty Caps right now for, I don't know, money? I would. Cash considerations. Yes. I would trade Mike Guido for a rosin bag. <laughs> I would trade uh, Evan for firewood. And then, uh, yeah. Five logs and 11 sticks. <laughs> no, 11 logs and five of those um, dono flame things that oh, you can geez. light things up with. <laughs> uh, who else we got? I actually keep the morning boys. I keep the morning boys. I think Mark Kelly. They, they haven't said anything outrageous yet. For no, <laughs> I, I listen. Believe it or not, I actually listen to Errol when Errol speaks. Um, I've tuned into their show or listened to it afterwards, and uh, they're very good. They are very good. Um, Mark knows what he's talking about. I think that they're the guest they had on today is out of his mind by saying Tom Brady's lucky. I've never heard that before, but. If you think Tom Brady is lucky, then I guess it's better to be lucky than good, right? So, whatever. <laughs> lucky. Oh, jeez. Lucky's not the word I would think if you lost all the weapons he's lost, but fine. And then, you know, you got people that just don't seem to get it. And that's basically everybody else. I mean, Mikey C would trade me for about a freaking uh, bubblegum stick. <laughs> and then he'd probably just throw out the bubblegum stick. That probably has less value than the rosin bag. <laughs> That's only temporary. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so indeed. By the way, um, if you're on this show and you have a Twitter account, uh, we have a poll going of the goofiest members. It's uh, Vic. I don't, I don't know why Vic's even on there. The guy said three words. Like, I, I don't get it. But, hey, I, get, I, I mean, I've talked to Victor. He's not goofy at all, actually. He actually is very serious about when he speaks. So I don't know why he's on there at all. Um, Speedy's on there. I've, um, I've gotten zero votes. And <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, no. I, I Now, here's the thing, right? Mike Guido's on there. I don't know why Mike Guido's <laughs> on there either because Mike Guido's not funny. And then there's me. Like, if you want to make me seem to be funny, you can't put me up against that. Like, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Half the polls probably like, who is Vic? Because his name is Victor. No one knows who Vic is. And to be honest with you, I even said, who's Vic? I, I, I know I, I didn't. I was like, what? So if I didn't, and I know who Victor is, I know the other eight guys didn't. And then, <laughs> again, like, I, Spe- Speedy doesn't talk, and when he does talk, he's serious. And when he is goofy, it's never around yeah, it's, cameras. it's occasional pettiness, but not right. over the top. Yeah, and like, yeah, so yeah, I'm going to be the goofiest one. Yeah. Like, what, the, what, what kind of vote is that? Uh, like, who who wouldn't? I voted for myself. <laughs> like, what? I deserve to win this. There's no you question voted for in yourself my mind. Mu- and you're still up by 10 votes. <laughs> yeah, like, I I was up 5 nothing before I even saw this stupid thing. I was like, what is this? Then why wouldn't you tag the people in it? I would have absolutely campaigned for myself. 
Like you're damn yes, straight. You probably would have. Like I. And here's the thing, right? I'm gonna look this up right now because everyone's probably going, "Oh, goofy," because you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm sure that's how 95 percent of the planet took it. But guess what? Let's use goofy. Oh, hold on. Goofy synonyms. Oh. Well. That's a little insulting. So here are the synonyms. synonyms. Lacking in seriousness or maturity is the first thing that pulls up. Well, that's great. So now, let's, let's talk about this for a split second, right? So, Goofy, you all might think... It, it, and listen, if I'm really that Goofy, it amazes me that I haven't lost one of these debates yet with somebody. But in case somebody feels the need... To try to explain to me why I'm goofy. 1-877-909-9977. I'm not goofy. I'm funny. Like, there's a difference. You know why Errol thinks? Because I know exactly, Errol Marks, that you were the one that put that Twitter thing up. I mean, Maddie Caps is goofy. Maddie Caps is a lot of goofy things. Because me and Maddie Caps agree a lot. And he's not on there. So that's insulting. You, my friend, should have been on there yourself because <laughs> you by far are funnier than no offense, Speedy. Speedy and Vic. Yeah, I was going to – because I also could control the Worldwide Sports Radio. I was thinking of <laughs> commenting, why is Errol in this poll? <laughs> Errol absolutely deserved me in that but I knew, I knew he did it, so I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, listen, he kicked me off the Twitter for a reason. I know for a fact I would have put Errol Marks in there. Now – Mikey C is not goofy because Mikey C doesn't talk. Mikey C is only goofy to take shots at Errol. <laughs> yeah, no, but he enjoys it, so that's fine. <laughs> Let's talk about the Sunday show with Anthony Carragher and Rodney Harris. They're both goofballs. Right? Mr. I'll be here Thursday. He hasn't shown up for three weeks. That guy. And then there's Anthony Carragher who is constantly saying asinine things that I have to <laughs> contemplate turning off his microphone. And if my producer would ever listen to me, I would probably get my way and have his microphone turned off. But. Well, he is, he is also the same person who picked Eddie Pinheiro and Eli Apple in, our, in Speedy's Playhouse. Right, which we'll get to <laughs> later. But, I mean, let, let's just be honest here. I really don't deserve to win the goofy thing and a negative vibe. Um, if we're talking about the funniest, yeah, you're damn right it's me. It's absolutely me. I've listened to these shows. No one's funny. No one even cracks a joke. The Morning Boys, it's too early. I get it. I completely understand. Have you listened to Mike Guido's jokes? The paint will dry before you left. And then, on top of that, Matty Caps, he's, he's funny. But he's only funny because of how he says things. It's not actually what he's saying. Like, when he actually hears... Andy Dalton, or what was the uh, what was the face I made him make? Oh, who would I insult? Sam Darnold. <laughs> Sam Darnold. <laughs> Which, by the way, I've turned out to be right on Sam Darnold. Mm, I won't go that far. What do you mean? He hasn't played well. It's been two years. Yes, with awful offensive line and receivers. Okay. Well, you want to insult Baker for having a bad offensive line, or you want to defend Baker for having a bad offensive line? No. You have to defend Darnold. <laughs> no, that's fine. But again. Last year, that offensive line was not bad at all. So, take, mm, yeah, it was. It, it just, was not bad. It, it was wasn't, average. It wasn't the weakest part of the team, though. So nobody highlighted it as much. Average. 
But, you know, there's that. And then you got Errol, me. Errol's after me. You really want to talk about the goofballs? Let's talk about goofballs. Um, Craig Moffitt was a goofball. Craig Mo- that's why whew, uh, he's out. Um, the guy from, uh, Jesus, what was the hockey show? Ashley Sarge. No, not him. Oh, Filk. <laughs> there was one of them that knew what he was talking about. Then there was the other guy. Anthony LaRocco or Filk. Which one? Filk. Filk. <laughs> I like Filk, but he was a goofball. Meanwhile, and by far the biggest bump 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 of the network is a junior. By far. <laughs> and no one even. Renee Canals. Love you, but you are a goofball. I am funny. There is a difference between goofy and funny. Like, I'm not ditzy and I'm not bird brained. So, how Errol Marks put goofy there, I don't understand. I'm not frivolous. I'm not flighty. I'm not feather-brained. I'm not dizzy. I'm perfectly capable of putting a sentence together intellectually and wowing all of you. You know why I don't do it? I'm bored! I'm bored! I'm absolutely, entirely bored. It is 8.27. Nothing's happening anymore. And quite honestly, I need somebody to piss me off. And no one calls... Because no one has any questions, because they all just believe what they read in the media. And, oh, well, yeah, that's great. Oh, that's great. Oh, the Yankees are going to let Austin Romine walk. That's fantastic. We got Garrett Cole. That, there, yeah, whoop de doo da Oh, they brought back Brett Gardner. whoop de doo da Give me something, please. And then I forgot I needed to rant about something. It's funny to me how comical this actually is about to get. See the wrap-up I did there? Very good. When I say this is about to get hysterical, it's, it's about to get pretty funny. Guess what the rumor is About who wants to come back to New York? Odell Beckham Jr. Apparently, when asked if he was afraid to come back, he's not afraid of coming back to New York to play here at all. Now, my question would be, whoever said Odell Beckham Jr. should be afraid to come back to New York? The reason I'm bringing this up is because apparently Odell's telling teams, come get me, please. I've got news for you. This is not a bad shot at Odell Beckham Jr. This is a shot at the Cleveland Browns. You're the same crappy organization you've always been. Apparently, Jim Hazlitt and John Dorsey now can't agree on Freddie Kitchens. And Dorsey wants him out. And apparently, Hazlitt wants him to stay. 
Speedy. Yeah. In the NFL, what makes or breaks most teams? What makes or breaks? Yes. Bad coaching. <laughs> now. Coaching is so important. You're an organization that has passed up on Mike McCarthy. You're an, in- you're an organization that let Bill Belichick walk through your doors and leave to go on to become the greatest coach of all time. Now, to No, that was the Browns before the Ravens. Right. Which Bill Belichick... Not the same ownership group. Oh, okay. I apologize. But Ozzie Newsome did work with Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick did go to Cleveland instead of the Ravens. And now... Look at what Bill Belichick's built, not only in New England, but in Baltimore. Ozzie Newsome learned a lot from Bill Belichick. Don't believe me? How do you think he got the draft pick for Ray Lewis? And we all know what the Ray Lewis draft pick did for the Ravens. Look at all the dominoes that fell into place afterwards. Dynasty. Two Super Bowls. I would argue Ozzie Newsom's one of the best GMs of our lifetime. The Cleveland Browns <laughs> have been the laughing stock of football. It's funny how everything turns overnight. Now, listen, I get it. I love Baker Mayfield. I think the guy is going to turn it around. I think he's going to be good, and I think the Cleveland Browns next year will be better. This turmoil has to stop. That's why the Knicks firing Dave Fisdale earlier this month made no sense. This is why teams like the Green Bay Packers firing Mike McCarthy to please a diva quarterback and bring in a head coach that had no experience makes no sense in Matt LaFleur. This is why letting Kyle Shanahan walk out of your building and letting Dan Quinn continue to be your coach is the ultimate reason you're no longer a powerhouse in the NFC. They're not going to fire Dan Quinn after a Super Bowl appearance. Well. You lost the Super Bowl because of what? Bad coaching. Yeah, bad defensive play calling and uh, and him, but you're not going to fire him after one game and two seasons. Well, they're going to let him walk after this year. And quite honestly, coaching is what makes the world go round. Right, but Kyle Shanahan was a notoriously streaky offensive coordinator. He had one good year there. He had one good year with the Redskins. So what are you judging on potentially getting a head coach on? When the Niners did it, it was obviously justified with the way the Falcons' offense played, but it wasn't one of those things where it was an obvious head coaching candidate. It's not that they didn't keep their guy. It's just simply that they should have known that Dan Quinn wasn't their guy. After two years and a Super Bowl appearance? You were up 28-3 to in that Super Bowl. That's fine, but that's not... And got humiliated after that. Right, but I agree it's his fault too. But I'm just saying you're not going to fire him off of that sole thing alone. And let's not forget either that before... In the, at that time, this was before this whole, all right, we have to go find this next offensive genius. That was before all that. Right, and so where they find Sean McVay. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan wasn't thought of as this gifted 
coach he was thought of as, all right, he could work. His dad was a great coach. He could work, but it wasn't a guarantee. Just because your dad was a great coach doesn't mean you automatically are. No, no, I get it. Look at the Ryan brothers. But right now, as great as that is, coaching makes the world go round. Coaches will build the dynasty around certain things. They will keep players for a long period of time that execute those things perfectly. We generally call those players legends, and the players that come and go are into, into uh, I can't, I got the word, I can't say it. Moving parts. But important moving parts. Now, before I say this, I don't want to make it seem like I've bashed this guy or I don't think this guy is going to be a guy in the league. But last night should have showed everybody, yes, I get it. He threw for five touchdowns. He was very good. But Lamar Jackson is in the right spot at the right time. It's only, and last night, I get it. He passed Michael Vick for uh, rushing yards by a quarterback. That's awesome. That's great. Now you got people saying he's the best dual threat, best running, best movement quarterback of all time, blah, blah, blah. I get where the contradiction will be, but you're talking about when I say Saquon is the best running back in football or Odell's the best wide receiver in football or Brady and Breeze are the best quarterbacks in football, I'm, I'm taking from numbers to back that up, but the eye test here has to tell you, hold on. Lamar Jackson last night slaughtered the New York Jets. And they put up 40 points. He threw for five touchdowns. They ran for 200 yards. They threw for over 200 yards. When are we going to realize that John Harbaugh is a very, very good coach? When he's all said and done, will most likely be in the Hall of Fame. And that this defense is that damn good. Brandon Williams, Michael Pierce, Matthew Judon. I'm trying to think of who else played great last night. Earl Thomas. Uh, name your pick of a Baltimore Raven. I go to a throw where Lamar Jackson threw a touchdown but damn near overthrew a wide-open, um, who caught that John pass? Brown. John Brown? Or Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown. Are you sure it wasn't Boykin that caught that ball? No, Boykin caught the first touchdown. So Hollywood Brown, damn near, had to run out of bounds to make the catch. A precision quarterback would not have made those types of throws. But it looks great because, guess what? The execution was good enough to get the touchdown. 
Now, again, what I'm about to say, in no way, shape, or form is a shot at Lamar Jackson, but these trends and fads generally are trends and fads for a reason. The league figures you out, and the league moves on. Just last year, the rave was Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but Patrick Mahomes is not a face. Patrick Mahomes is a pocket quarterback, running quarterback. He can do pretty much anything. Right. But everyone was telling me that Patrick Mahomes was going to be one of the greatest of all time. Uh, Oh, yeah, everyone overreacts to that kind of stuff. And everyone's overreacting now. Patrick Mahomes, if you look at the games where he actually attempts more than 25 passes, his QBR and rating are significantly lower than when he doesn't throw it, when he throws it 17, 14, 20 times a game. Oh, yeah, there's going to be less efficiency if you're throwing it more. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying his numbers go from like 70% to 50%, 40% completion percentage. He's, he struggles throwing the football first, running second. Again, I get it. That's not what his skill set is. The Ravens drafted him to run. I get it. But the Ravens figured this out first. This is no longer a passing league. This is a move the football any means necessary type league. And it amazes me that no one knows this yet. Scat packs. Um, what, what else other funky things have we seen over the years? RPO is yep. huge now. It started out as a Chip Kelly fad that everyone now is adapting full-time. Which is why, guess what's at an all-time high? Elite pass rushers and corners. Why? You want somebody that's agile and athletic enough on the outside to take on the quarterback and corners good enough to make sure that they have as much time as possible. The Baltimore Ravens and the New England Patriots are probably the only two de- in the San Francisco 49ers. That will be a hell of a Super Bowl if we get that. But they're the only teams in the league right now with the outside talent, I think, to do so. Maybe the Steelers, if T.J. Watt can get through that offensive line. But the league is changing. And I think everyone realizes that it's a point-happy league, this, that, and the other thing. That's not true. It's not true at all. I think we've seen what? four, five, 40-point games. They, they, they haven't been huge. Scoring's not up. Lamar Jackson has 33 touchdowns. That leads the league. You'll be lucky if he hits 40 all year. You're going to tell me that a league that touchdowns highest is 38-37 was an offensive-driven year? I wouldn't. Think of all the 50, 40 touchdown seasons that had happened last year. You know why? Teams don't care anymore how they move the football. They have to move the football. That's why guys like Mitch Trubinsky, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, um, Pat Mahomes, and I'm not just talking about their arm talent. I'm not saying that they all don't have arm talent. Okay, yeah, I'm just saying they Patrick have arm Mahomes. Talent. And then everyone else on that list is the difference in arm talent. Russell Wilson. The reason why people are now figuring out, hey, listen, there's a new type of offense coming. They're drafting guys that can do that. Daniel Jones. The Giants didn't draft Daniel Jones because he's a mechanic and he knows how to pick apart defenses and his arm's great. 
The Giants drafted Daniel Jones because he's a dual-threat quarterback that can make plays with his legs. So when the receivers don't get open because you're going to trade Odell Beckham Jr., and that's fine and everything's happy-dory and you don't care about getting options down the field, that's fine. Why do you think tight end is becoming a resurgence in the league? Because a, quarterback, a mobile quarterback's best friend is who? The tight end. That's why Romo loved Witten. That's why Dak likes Witten. There are reasons why Matt Ryan and Austin Hooper for a few years didn't connect. He's got Julio Jones, Brody White, Mohamed Sanu, and Calvin Ridley on the other side. That's who he's looking for first. Aaron Rodgers doesn't use tight ends, period. He is the most efficient quarterback we've ever seen, right? That's what everyone keeps talking about. He's so efficient, so efficient. Aaron Rodgers is a dying breed. The days of Brett Favre and John Elway and Peyton Manning and Dan Marino and Eli Manning, they're done. Tom Brady, done. If you can't move the ball with your legs now, you better have Patrick, you better be Patrick Mahomes. You better be Drew Brees. You better be Russell Wilson, Lamar Jack. You better have a skill set because if you're not moving the football somehow, some way, you've got no shot. No shot. Why do you think Jalen Hurts is going to get drafted? <laughs> Why do you think Justin Herbert's going to get moved in the draft? Yeah, but Justin Herbert also is a better pocket guy, too, now. No, absolutely. And that's why he absolutely did the right thing. He stayed mm-hmm. out of New York, and he improved for a year. The offense comes now from any means necessary, and that's fine. But you know what that also means? MVP talks. The best player in football talks no longer can just be quarterbacks. It can't. Defensive guys, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, corners, they're all now a part of the conversation. If any defensive player were to win it, though, it would have been Aaron Donald last year, 20 and a half sacks for an interior no. uh, 3-4 defensive tackle. Not at all. Khalil Mack, the year he won two all-pro selections in two different positions should have been there. How many sacks did he have, though? I mean, he was all-pro in two positions. Aaron Donald will never do that. No, but I'm saying, conceptually, it's harder to get 20 sacks from a 3-4 defensive line position than it is from a 3-4 linebacker or a 4-3 end, because Jack Del Rio had a hybrid defense in Oakland at that time. I'll find it. I think it was 17 and a half, but I think that's still easier than... 15. It was only... Okay. So it was 15, which I still think is easier than Aaron Donald as a 3-4 defensive tackle or a 3-4 defensive end getting 20 and a half sacks. How is it easier? Because normally 3-4 defensive ends or nose tackles are not as prominent of pass rushers. Speedy, you want to use basic math? What is the quickest way to a spot? Yes, you've had this argument with me before. Right. Khalil so Mack has do, to actually make somebody miss. Right. So, Or run over that, them or through them. Now, my question is, from that logic, why don't defensive tackles lead the league in sacks every year from that logic? I'm not saying Aaron Donald's not talented, but I'm saying Khalil Mack is more of a talent than Aaron Donald. No, is. I'm not saying he's a more ta- talented player than Khalil Mack. I think Khalil Mack is the most talented defensive player, but... I think him getting 20 sacks 
constantly being double teamed. Usually interior linemen are bigger than uh, outside tackles, especially in today's NFL where you have a lot more more faster type offensive tackles. And with a 3-4 defense usually, usually your pass rush comes from the outside a lot of the time or creative blitz packages. And a lot of times defensive linemen are just meant to clog up those holes and make it easier for the other guys to blitz. So him doing what he did, getting 20 and a half sacks in a 3-4 defense is With a lot more talent than what Khalil Mack was playing with. Was it, though? Yeah, it was. Khalil Mack has 15 sacks, right? That almost beats the rest of the team. Yeah, but... This team wasn't talented, Speedy. Who was... Who was the outside linebackers for the Rams? They got Dante Fowler later in the season, okay, but who was it? It was Abucom and the other guy, I think, was a rookie. And out, you got Brockers next to him, which is good. That's fine. Middle linebacker was Barron, and he's not a pass rusher. It's not really that much of a drastic difference in front no, seven No, but Cleo Mack was double teamed every play. And here's the other difference. And this is really where I think the conversation is null and void. The corners for the Rams are better than any corners the Raiders have had, which means Marcus Peters or Tremaine Johnson when he was in L.A. was a top-end cornerback. And then you got LaMarcus Joyner and Aqib Tlaib on the other side to let Aaron Donald have time to get there. Khalil Mack was playing with – hold on, wait for it. I'll wait. Hold on, hold that thought. Charles Woodson, who was 39. David Amerson's out of the league. He was good then, though. Mm, DJ Hayden out of the league. Okay. TJ Carey, Cleveland bench player. Uh, Nico Thorpe out of the league. Nate no, Allen. Nico Thorpe's with the Seahawks. Is he? Yeah. Okay. And uh, Nate Allen might be out of the league. Okay. Who is the front seven? I'm just curious. Uh, so I'm, trying to, I'm trying to determine that discrepancy. I know Mario Edwards was another end. Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith. That was that season? Malcolm Smith, okay, Khalil Mack, Charles Woodson, Curtis Lofton. But okay, he was Lofton was by then. Okay, Lofton was good, though. As, as a Saint, not as a Raider. He was good as a Raider, too. Mm, Deion Williams, Mario Edwards, Alden Smith, who played who seven was a games. Nice, who was a nice player when he did play, though. No, I agree, but. I knew they had some other outside pass rusher. I didn't uh, know who Taylor was. Mays. Okay, he's nothing special. Okay. Uh, Dico, Autry, Justin Ellis, Stacy McGee, Benson, Mayo, Ray Ray Mayo. Armstrong, okay. Justin Tuck, who was a shell of himself, Shelby who Harris. was still good then, though. <laughs> what? Speedy. He... Justin Tuck was good as a Raider, too, for the it... one year he was there. It wasn't, he wasn't elite, but he was still good. Uh, I don't know. I don't think. Uh, Nearing Ball, Lorenzo Alexander, Nate Allen, Shelby Harris. Dexter McDonald. McDougald, I think. No, it's McDonald. Oh, it is McDonald? Okay. C.J. Wilson, Leon Orr. Okay, so there is a discrepancy in the difference, but it's it's not as drastic as you think, though, because most of the Rams' linebackers aren't pass rushers. Right, but that still gives Aaron Donald time. Just because you're not attacking the quarterback doesn't mean that the zone coverage doesn't help give Aaron Donald time. Okay, but it's still... When it comes to a blocking scheme type thing, if Brockers is the only other guy you're really fearing as a pass rusher, because, 
again, Dante Fowler, while he did have spurts, is still kind of inconsistent. You're going to get a lot of attention. And in a 3-4 defense, with more speed-type linebackers, him not being a true nose-tackle type either, against bigger off interior offensive linemen, him getting 20 and a half sacks is insane. That's fine. But all I'm saying is, where there's a will, there's a way. And I think that Khalil Mack going further out of his way than Aaron Donald had to do it was crazy. I think he's a better player. I just think that individual season by Aaron Donald last year was incredible. Sure. And I'm not saying you're wrong. But I am saying that you're a little off the mark. That's all I'm saying. But when we come back, I do the football playhouse. Then we have picks. And, again, we are keeping a live update on the hot stove because Major League Baseball is known to happen quick and swift. So hopefully something breaks. Next on the home stretch. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And, and, and now the baseball team. Little League. Fantasy League. We are back, back, back with the home stretch on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back into the home stretch here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy Petey here with Tyler Harrison. Me introducing it means it is time for not three today, but one more Speedy's Playhouse. And this one I thought was the most interesting. So this one is football. And a lot of people were making a big deal during the Giants-Eagles game on Monday night when Josh McCown was trying to go line up to play wide receiver. So Josh McCown, who has been a journeyman in the NFL forever, pretty much, is, he started in 2002. He was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals and now retired as of last year. So he wanted to go catch a pass. And quarterbacks, they've caught passes at different times over the years. So you you will end up getting the teams of quarterbacks that have caught passes this year and quarterbacks that caught passes in Josh McCown's first year in 2002. Oh, God. Yes. So How many teams is that? I believe it was eight. I have, oh. to, pull it up. I have to pull it up again. Uh, I'm afraid. On. I'm very, very afraid. <laughs> You're very afraid. Hold on. All right. I got to find it. This um, is present future. What are we doing? This one is present. Okay. And yeah, is it eight? The, yeah. The teams are... Yeah, the Texans, the Texans. Li- yep, the Texans, the Lions. The Lions actually had one in both instances, oh, both 2002 and today. I think it was Matt McShane or something like that. It was the Lions quarterback then. Um, the Bengals. Well. Yes, Ryan Finley caught a pass, and naturally the Saints, Taysom Hill, catching right. a pass. <laughs> and then it was... This was the 0-2 group. The Lions, like I said. Uh, the Cardinals, Jake Plummer caught a pass. I remember Jake Plummer. Mm-hmm. The Rams, no. Mark Bulger caught a pass. I remember him, too. He was great. And the Redskins, I don't remember who their quarterback was off the top of my head. But, yep, those are the... Uh, so was, no, seven teams, not eight. It was eight different instances because the Lions came up twice. Because this year they had one in 2002. They had one. So, those are your seven teams. This one is for the future. You or just th- said present. No, my bad. This one's for the present. Make yeah. up your goddamn mind. 
And we will start with a wide receiver. Um, I mean, Michael Thomas sounds pretty good. All right, well, most likely throwing a pass to a quarterback could be a running back. Who's your first running back? <laughs> Saquon? Don't, don't break my heart. Have another giant get traded. <laughs> I think it's going to happen. Oh, God. Running back? Running back, yep. I'll go with... Um, No, presently Alvin Kamara. All right. A outside linebacker. Demario Davis. No, I'm just kidding. I'm trying to see how many stands I get taken in a row. <laughs> outside linebacker? Outside linebacker. I'm doing a 4-3 because of the talent. Um... I don't know right now. I have no idea. 4-3, huh? Outside linebacker. So I got to get somebody that can cover. I want to take Jordan Hicks. I'll take Jordan Hicks. By the way, the Lions quarterback in 2002 was Mike McMahon. I remember him. And the Redskins quarterback. This is probably where I said McShane. Shane Matthews was the Redskins quarterback. I don't remember Shane Matthews. He was 32 years old at the time when he caught the pass. All right, so you said Jordan Hicks for one linebacker spot. All right, your first defensive tackle. Oh, you know what? We mentioned him before, so why don't we take him now? Mr. Aaron Donald, come on down. Khalil Mack is not eligible. Sadly. <laughs> All right, a guard. Um, well, oh, why can't I ever remember his name? Uh, Brandon Scherf. All right, a tight end. No obvious one here. So for fun, TJ Hawkinson, come on down. You'll see why that works out later. All right, a safety. Honey Badger. Both his former teams are on there. Yeah. Mm. And the team you wanted him on is on there. Yeah. You said safety? Mm-hmm. Yes, right about now. Landon Collins. Sorry, Speedy. Alright, your other running back. I'm between Carlos Hyde and Joe Mixon, just for the simple fact that I might not have another Bengal. I'm going to take Joe Mixon. Your other guard. Um, 
Back to the Saints, I'll take Pete. Your first corner. Uh, Darius Slay. Your middle linebacker. My middle linebacker? I will take uh, I'll take McKinney here. All right, your second receiver. Uh, D Hop. Your punter. I'll take Johnny Hecker this time. All right, your first tackle. Uh, Ryan Ramchick. Your first defensive end. JJ Swat. Your second corner. My second corner? Mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey. Your other safety. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna get creative on this one. I'm gonna turn Patrick Peterson into the next Ed Reed. Ooh. I'm gonna put Patrick Peterson in the other safety spot. Alright, your center. You know what? I'm going to take Eric McCoy. Another Saint for those of you at home. Another Saint. Alright. Your last corner. A lot of different things here. I took Peterson already. I took Slay already. So it's really just down to Lattimore and... I'm in a very Saints mood, so let's go with Marshawn Lattimore. <laughs> Your other defensive end. Took a lot. Well, I want... I'm not going to take Cameron Jordan. I'm actually going to take Trey Flowers. All right. Your quarterback. Well, Drew Brees. Your other tackle. Trent Williams. Your second defensive tackle. Sheldon Rankins. Your kicker. Dog. Oh. I don't know. Uh, I'll go with Greg Zerloin. Your other outside linebacker. I'm trying to think of Hicks. Who's my interior guy? McKinney? 
McKinney. Yep. I'll take the Mario Davison. All right. Who's your coach? That's a great question. I have a bunch of Saints. Why not just have it be Sean Payton and call it a day? All right. And your last receiver? Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Good luck stopping that combination. Yeah. Yeah, this is probably among... I don't know if it's the best receivers. We definitely had really good receiving chorus. But this could be the best secondary you've accumulated in a CD's playoffs. That was insane. And I actually like the good idea of putting Patrick Peterson as a safety. Because I actually think for a free safety role, kind of a cover two type role, Patrick Peterson can succeed. Since, since he's come back this year, he's kind of looked like he's regressed a little bit in man coverage. But zone, he still looks good. So I think that would actually work out. And you could have those other guys take on more man coverage duties. Lattimore with his speed. Ramsey with his speed and physicality. And Darius Slay, same kind of thing. So I actually think that could end up working. And Pet Peterson can occasionally be maybe shorter man coverage if you want to build, bring him up. If Landon Collins is blitzing, you could put him in the flats, stuff like that. And put your linebackers deep. I think there's a lot of different conceptual things you could do with that. Now, why did you take Flowers over, Jordan? I'm just curious on that. I think Flowers... Is a better run stopper on the outside than he is. All right. And he's younger. Okay, that's interesting. All right. And I, to be quite honest, I think the look would have been bad if I did a bunch of things. <laughs> the look would have been bad. All right. I'm just trying to see everything else. It's not. It's not something I'm, I'll nitpick on because I think Flowers has played well this year. I don't. I don't think he's better than Jordan, but I think their performances this, this year have been similar yeah. when it comes to a run-stopping thing. Linebackers, I think, are very good. I'm trying to see if you missed anybody notable, but I don't think so. No, doesn't appear that way. Alright, offensive line. Tackles are nice. Guards, let's see. I'm not crazy about Pete. Let's see if we could see if there's anyone definitively better. He was a Pro Bowler. He was voted a Pro Bowler? Last year? Yeah. Okay. I don't mind him for the versatility. I don't know. Is an overall guard. That was really his first good year, though. Because <laughs> he was also moving around in different spots. A tackle. Right tackle he would play sometimes. Just trying to see if that is the best definitive option. The Lions cut TJ Lang, so he's not eligible. Yeah, I don't know who their other guard is off the top of my head, so... Who? The Lions, because I know they cut TJ Lang. Lakin Tomlinson's now on the 49ers. Yeah, I, I think it's Glasgow, and he's not definitively better either. Cardinals, no. Nah, you know what? It's fine, actually. Uh, there's really all the, no other definitive case. Oh, I know. <laughs> Alright. Receivers are nice, running backs are nice. I don't, I don't know why Mixon and Hyde would even be considered similarly. Mixon's a lot better. <laughs> 
No, I know, but Carlos Hyde has a good year. Yes. All right, you. Let's see. Did you get the clean sweep? I'm trying to remember. No. Oh no, I, no, you got one off for hockey, but you got baseball and football with the A plus. I thought Peterson the free safety would give him the extra plus. No, because I'm still not. I. I'm still not going to say Trey Flowers over Cameron Jordan was the perfect decision, and same with the offensive line, but I'm not going to nitpick on it either. A++, you have to like get everything nailed perfectly. Or with the uh, or with the joke. What was the, the first one you got? Uh, you made the joke of something. <laughs> Pedersen and Peterson? Or Patterson? Yes. Patterson? Yeah, I think that's what it was, yeah. And you made it work perfectly, so I couldn't just not give it to you. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Speaking of fair, when we come back, uh, I'm going to do Around the World in Sports because I forgot. Sorry. And when we do that, we're going to do picks. Next on the home stretch. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And, and, and now the baseball team. Little League. Fantasy League. We are back. Hello, welcome back to the home stretch. Uh, my phone's about to die, so we're going to do around the world in sports as fast as humanly possible. Ready, set, go. There's really not a lot on. There's just NBA, college basketball, golf, and hockey. Um, speed game in the NBA, all right? Great. No, 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 that's fine. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, 109-102, the 76ers look like they're about to beat the New Orleans Pelicans, or it's over already. The Lakers are up 100-95 on the Heat with about six minutes left. The Pacers are up 86-83 over the Hawks. That fourth quarter just started. The the Hornets are up over the Bulls 44-43 as the third quarter just started. Halftime, Milwaukee's up 64-62 over the Grizzlies. Utah's up 13-9 over the Utah Golden State Warriors. I don't know why that was so hard to announce. Jazz 13, Golden State 12. That just changed. First quarter just started. Then James Harden and Russell Westbrook beat the Orlando Magic 130-107. to Later today, the Los Angeles Clippers take on the Minnesota Timberwolves in about 10 minutes. And the, the Knicks take on the Kings at about 10 o'clock. But why would you want to watch that? <laughs> uh, Colorado is up 35-28 over Colorado State University in college basketball. 35 to 28 in the President's Cup for golf. We are right now up. And the Riders' Cup is America's trailing 9 to 5. So that's that. As uh, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cannelly, Alexander Schoffel, Tiger Woods, Justin Thomas are leading or winning their matches. Everyone else is losing. I guess that's how that reads. I don't really know. But the Devils and Colorado Avalanche are also on right now. The first period just started about a few seconds ago. Uh, not really, a few minutes ago. Errol March is back. That means somebody's in trouble. But the Devils are tied with the Avalanche at zero. And the Vegas Knights and Dallas Stars are tied at one. The goals there are Taylor Finden and William Carlson. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Round the World Sports brought to you by... <coughs> Sorry. Brought to you by Ray's Cafe, 150 Motor Parkway. Hop Hog, New York, 117. I don't know. Sorry. I really don't know. 
just couldn't. Don't know. But, um, yeah, that's Around the World of Sports. I'm glad that happened because my phone is dead. And uh, I promised you picks. Thursday, we both picked the Ravens over the Jets. Yep. Um, my grandma could have picked that one right. So, you got Thursday night right. Congratulations if you had faith in the Jets. I don't know what you were thinking. But, anyway. Oh, no, I got here early and I forgot. Oh, I turned on the big lights and I forgot. No. Well, you hear me. That's all you really need to do. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I didn't realize how dark it was. But, Speedy, let's do Sunday through Monday. Is this the last Monday night of the year or that's next week? No, that's next week. It's the last Thursday of the year was, the, was this past Thursday. Right, because now they go to Saturday. Yes, I think there's three games on Saturday next week. Mm-hmm. So, whenever you're ready, Speedy, give me the games. All right, we'll start with the Tank Bowl round seven or whatever it's been. <laughs> Dolphins and the Giants. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. All right, I'll take the Giants to win. I think they're due to finally get one. They've played close for a while. Miami's played well, too, in, I, for their standards, I should say. They're not playing well, but they beat the Eagles. They won. They had seven field goals, which is pretty impressive in itself. That means you're getting a lot of scoring drafts against the Jets, despite losing. But the Giants, again, they hung tough with the Eagles, who have notoriously given them fits, especially in Philadelphia. So I think they'll play better. Saquon Barkley, I think he'll finally play like Saquon Barkley again. Miami's run defense is horrible. The Dolphins, I don't think, have the weapons to really counteract the Giants' awful secondary. And I think whoever's playing for Janoris Jenkins will play well, I think. I think he'll play, they'll pick on him a lot, and I think he'll be up to the task in this one. He'll want to prove that he deserves a spot over somebody like Jenkins. So, sloppy game. I'll take the Giants 2016. I'm taking the Dolphins. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick loves beating up on New York teams, first and foremost. And second of all, no Kevin Zietler. No running ability in Eli Manning. The pass rush for Miami isn't great, I get it, but the offensive line for the Giants is worse. So, Saquon, I don't know. I wouldn't even be playing Saquon, so he shouldn't be touching the ball either. And Miami's kind of pissed off. I don't know why they're playing better, but they're playing better. And Brian Flores is out to prove he's a good head coach. Pat Shermer's got half a foot out, the, well, a foot and a half out the window. But uh, I'm taking the Dolphins here. I'll take the Dolphins 24-21 over the Giants. All right, Bears at the Packers, a huge game for both of these teams. Packers yes. could expect it's potentially extend their lead on the two seed. Maybe you could get the one seed if some wacky scenarios happen in the NFC West. Chicago, they're fighting for their lives right now in any small chance they have. And this is where I think it ends for them. Chicago, another team, I think it's too hot. I think that even their wins have not really looked amazing. They squeaked by Detroit in two different instances without, uh, without Matthew Stafford and without a very good team. And they barely survived those games. And they did well against Dallas, but they let Dallas back into the game in a couple instances, too. So, I mean, how good can we trust them to play against a Green Bay Packers team that they didn't look great offensively last week, but they look good again defensively, and that's the identity that they were missing for a while. So I think they get it back going again. Chicago's offensive line's had issues. 
Chicago's inside run game has still had their issues, too, and that's really the weakness of the Packers' defense, so I can't expect them to take advantage. I think it'll be close for three quarters, and I think Aaron Rodgers will pull away later in the fourth quarter, especially with those receivers the way he has it against the secondary. That's how they call it. Kyle Fuller's really struggled. I'll take Green Bay 27-14. I'm taking the Bears. Um, you've hit on a few things. A, a, the Chicago Bears are going to be playing with more energy and more passion than the Green Bay Packers are. The Packers are playing to build up a playoff spot. They don't have to work. They are a 99% chance of making the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to get hit a lot in this football game. And I don't really see how Green Bay is going to move the football. I don't see it. And I think Mitch Trubinsky, personally, is going to have a pretty good day. The Packers' defense went from great to uh, overnight. So I'm going to take Chicago. I think this is one last hurrah. I don't think they're making the playoffs, but I think they win this one and lose either next week or the week after. But I do think that they're going to squeak out a win here. Because Matt Nagy and Mitch Stravinsky honestly needed to continue their tenure together. Chicago, 21, Green Bay, 20. Huge game here. Titans hosting the Texans. Uh-huh. This is definitely big. I think these two teams will split regardless. I think these teams will both make the playoffs. I'm going to take the Texans in this individual game, though. I'm going to take them for this reason. One, their run defense has still been very strong. And I think that'll help to not necessarily stop Derrick Henry because he's just been unreal, but at least contain him where he's not going to be the amazing focal point in this game. You got that. You got the fact that Tennessee's had some issues in their secondary as well. The Raiders, in three quarters of that game, are really exposing him with not really great receivers. And that's could be a little bit concerned against Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and some very good targets. So I think that will help. Tennessee, I think, will be able to contain Watson to an extent too, but... I think the problem is without Malcolm Butler, their secondary kind of drops off a little bit. So I think that'll be something they'll get torched with in this meeting and then they'll adjust in the second meeting. And for the Titans offense, I think they'll play well, but I think they'll have a little bit of a letdown after a big win against the Raiders. Texans having a... They need to bounce back after the, getting humiliated by the Broncos. And that second half that they played kind of showed a little bit of what the Texans actually are. So again, I don't think they'll necessarily clinch the division on this game, but I do think they'll win this game. I'll take them 23-17. As much sense and as much hope I want to give into that, I don't think the Houston Texans are going to compete in a lot more football games this year. I don't. You're talking about the best running back the past year and a half in Derrick Henry in football. You're talking about Ryan Tannehill, who since he's taken over has the highest QBR in football. Tennessee's at home. That place gets very loud, and they love their people down there in Nissan Stadium. I'm not so sure that Deshaun Watson with that bad offensive line and DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a pretty tough time. Uh, Say what you want, Kevin Byard is a phenomenal, phenomenal deep ball guy. Deshaun Watson's not going to be able to just look for hop the whole game. It's not going to work that way. Mike Vrabel is a better coach right now to me than Bill O'Brien is. There's nothing for me picking the Titans in this football game. I think Deshaun Watson really, really, really should just 
create a permanent fence with him and put that in front of him. That's a better shot at stopping this pass rush. I mean, this game to me is a blowout. Titans will win this game 34-14 over the Wow, Texas. that's big. Yeah, I, I think Ryan Tannehill, I've said it since he was in Miami. When the guy's healthy and he's got a line in front of him, Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. All right. Eagles at the Redskins. I think for much of the season we were thinking this game was going to be a blowout. I don't think it'll be a blowout this time around. They'll win. The Eagles will win this game, but I don't think it'll be a blowout. Washington hung tough last week with Green Bay. Their defense has played better, I think, since November really started. They played well against Carolina. They played well in that Thursday night game against the Vikings. They've had some definitely some good showings of this defense, of what it actually was supposed to be. And the Eagles' offense has not looked great either. Carson Wentz struggled on Monday night. The receivers obviously are all banged up. The running game we thought could get going at some point, but still has been an issue. And now they're probably going to be without Lane Johnson, too. So I think it'll be hard. That being said, again, their defense, I think, is still fine. The Redskins, like I was saying with the Dolphins earlier, don't have the weapons to really take on that awful secondary for Philly. Dwayne Haskins will look good at times, but I, I can't imagine doing it the whole game. I'll take the Eagles close, 20-13. to 13. Carson Wentz will win this football game. Doug Peterson will win this football game. Jordan Howard, I think, will have a good football game this week. The problem right now for the Redskins is Dwayne Haskins is not even a backup in this league, and he looks completely disinterested right now for playing with this team. And you want to talk about being humiliated? That loss to the Dolphins was pretty humiliating. I think Philly's going to really kick it up a notch. If Philly does not win this football game, their season's over. They have to win out. They win this football game 35-7. See, that's what I thought they were going to do to the Giants, but that didn't happen. So now I'm thinking, oh, they might be this way the whole time. All right, uh, Tampa Bay at Detroit. This one not really meaning anything, but I think the Buccaneers are continuing to build something. I think they will win this game. I think it'll be close, though, because I think the loss of Mike Evans does hurt. Mm-hmm. And that puts Godwin against Slay, which will make it a lot harder for him. So it'll be up to guys like Brashad Perriman and a lot of their running backs to step up big. Obviously, the two tight ends they have. The thing is, I just don't know if the Lions have the rest of the defense to be able to still contain it. Davis Winston will still have a lot of yards, I think, in this game. And I think the running game will do well as well. Defensively, the Lions, uh, the Buccaneers have some trouble in the secondary. The Lions can expose those to an extent, but they still have a third-string quarterback playing and Ty Johnson at running back. Yeah, that's not going to work very well. I'll take Tampa close, 27-21. I really want to take Detroit. My mind's saying Detroit will win this football game because Jameis Winston will get a lot of yards. You're right about that. He's going to get a lot of turnovers too. Darius Slay on Chris Godwin is not something he should be looking for. The question I have is do I trust Matt Patricia to generate offense. I actually am going to say Kenny Yaldi probably has his best. Yeah, I'll take Detroit in this football game. I talked myself into it. I'll take Detroit 24-20 over the Buccaneers. And here's the other thing. I think TJ Hawkinson's a mismatch for Devin White. Really? Yeah, I think TJ Hawkinson's going to be able to bully him around a little bit. So Interesting. If I'm David Blow, that's who I'm game planning for. All right. Devin White will get his, too, but I think Hawkinson could go off this week, too. All righty. Broncos at the Chiefs. This is definitely interesting. Both coming off big wins. 
Broncos mm -hmm. obviously blowout win and the Chiefs big win against the Patriots. I'm going to take the Chiefs, but I think this will be close. I don't know what the spread is. If it's a big Nine spread, a yeah, I would take the Nine Broncos to cover the spread. Oh, no, yeah. And Without question. Because I think it will be a close game. I think the Broncos will be able to run some in this game. And I think Drew Locke has been good so far. The thing is, the Chiefs' pass defense has also been surprisingly impressive, too, with those two corners. And Honey Badger. Obviously, Honey Badger doing what he's, do what he's doing. So that secondary, I think, will play well. And that pass rush, I think, has to wake up at some point for the Chiefs. They showed some good signs against the Patriots last week. And Denver's line has been better, but it's still kind of an issue. So I think that'll make a difference. And offensively, Patrick Mahomes, I think, will play well in this game. And I think some of the running backs will play well in this game, too. Broncos' run defense is still kind of average. And their front... Their front three and linebacker talent overall is not great. So I think Andy Reid will find a way to win some mismatches there. So I'll take Kansas City 28-20. I agree with everything you just said. Don't be surprised if the Broncos pull off the upset, first of all. But this game, I think I think Pat Mahomes is going to have to use some magic down the field late in this football game and get a win. But um, I'll say Kansas City 28, Denver 24. All right, Patriots at the Bengals. This one's, I think, very simple. Patriots will win this game, and they'll win this one big. Whenever whenever anyone tries to make them mad, bad things happen usually to the other team. The Bengals are already a victim of that beyond the Cincinnati thing, and that's when the Bengals had a top-five roster in football at that time, right. and they were still victimized by that. And now they're rebuilding. It's going to be hard now, now Alden Tate out for the year for them. Andy Dalton's still a quarterback, but again, A.J. Green probably not in either, so it's going to no, be very he's hard. Already up. He's, it's going to be very hard. The Patriots might not be able to run the ball as well as they could, but I think they'll be able to run enough against a putrid run defense. So I think the Patriots make their statement in this game. They're mad. They win this one big, 34-7. to <laughs> I really want to pick the Bengals. Just for the simple fact that they lose this football game, I don't want to hear the stupid Spygate thing get brought up again. Nah, they're cheaters. Well, they're cheaters and they lost. They didn't cheat very well, now did they? Um, but the Patriots all in all will win this football game. Tom Brady will have a Tom Brady-like performance. Bill Belichick will dominate the defensive side of the ball. If this game is 34-7, to I'd consider the Bengals lucky. But... This game should be a blowout. And ultimately, probably Zach Taylor's final day in Cincinnati. You think he'll be fired at the end of the year? I think so. His offense, he's an offensive guy, and the offense is... I would give him a chance with the offensive line, though, being better, too. Yeah, well, you're not building off. He's on the hot. He's on the hot seat for next year, but I think he'd be fired. He might even be fired in the middle of the season next year. When Jonah Williams plays, if they draft another lineman, too. And obviously, it's his quarterback that's going to come in next year, too. Who's his guy? I think it's Herbert. We'll see. But uh, Patriots win this football game big. Big, big, big. How big? 34-7. Oh, you're going to same score. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, 42 to nothing is really what I'm thinking, but... Chances are the Bengals are pretty pissed off too. So, yeah, well, I, I honestly, it, it's probably gonna be like twenty to seventeen, but you think so? Wow. Yeah, I think it'll be All right. competitive. Se the Bengals are mad. Seahawks at the Panthers. I'm gonna take the. This Seahawks. is a trap game. 
I'm going to take the Seahawks. I'm going to take them close. You're right. I think it actually could be a close game. I just can't see the Seahawks losing two in a row. Usually that doesn't happen. If they lost to the Rams, or if they beat the Rams last week like they should have, I think the Panthers would have won this game. But I can't see Seattle losing two in a row. Carolina has some match advantages. I think Kyle Allen can stretch the field on that secondary. Outside of Shaq Griffin, they don't really have much. And he's been good with the deep ball. And Christian McCaffrey will do what he does. So I think that'll end up making a difference. And Carolina's defense, I think, has to play well at some point. I can't see them being this bad for that long. The problem is the Seahawks receivers are still too much of a mismatch for those corners. And Russell Wilson can escape that kind of pressure. So I think the Seahawks will do just enough to win this game. Tough game for a West Coast team. I'll take them 24-20. See, here's the thing. I think Russell Wilson will win this game by throwing about, I don't know, 22 times, throwing for 210 yards and four touchdowns. I really think it'll be that type of game, and I think Seattle will dominate everything. Luke Keekley and Russell Wilson don't exactly see eye to eye, so Russell Wilson is going to, I think, humiliate the Carolina Panthers tomorrow, Sunday. I don't think this game will be close. I think Arizona, uh, blah, blah, blah. Seattle wins this game 28-13. Uh, the more Kyle Allen plays, the more you should miss Cam Newton. And now Ron Rivera's fired. Look. All right, first of the 4 o'clock games, the Cleveland Browns at the Arizona Cardinals. Trap. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm taking trap. Arizona. <laughs> I'm taking the trap of Arizona. The run game with this Cardinals team, the run-and-shoot type of offensive style, I think is going to be a tough mismatch for the Browns who have had trouble stopping the run all year. I think this is a lot different, too, than what the Cardinals were last year. So I don't really know if Steve Wilkes being the defensive coordinator for the Browns, I don't know how much of an advantage that will really be because it's not the same offensive personnel. I, I just think the, the issues with the Browns on defense are going to be justified in this game. They, they don't stop the run well, both outside or inside. And again, without Miles Garrett there, it's going to be a lot harder for them to expose the offensive line weakness of Arizona. Now, I think the Browns will keep it close by holding them to field goals, and I think their offense does play well. Problem is, you got Patrick Peterson still on Odell. They, both of them will get hit theirs, and not everyone else will be able to dominate I think the guy just returning in David Njoku will have a nice game. The Cardinals have struggled against tight ends, but I don't know if they'll be able to get everything else going. The Cardinals still have a decent run defense, too. So I'll take them to win this game, 23-21. It is going to be a trap game, but I think the Browns still pull it out. I, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury and Freddie Kitchens is a mismatch people should really take seriously. It's... They're both laughing. We're talking about a coach fired after one year. That's Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> no, no, no. I, Cliff Kingsbury's not far behind. He's not getting fired after this year. No, he's not. But, I mean, Freddie Kitchens really had a year in three games. So, But Cliff Kingsbury, at this time, next year will probably be fired. Nick Chubb will dominate this football game. David Njoku, I think, will stretch out the field. And honestly, don't be surprised if Odell Beckham Jr. is back at his old tricks. I really think Odell's going to go out this week. His name's been tossed out a few times. And you know what? Even if he wants out of Cleveland, do you blame him? Do, do you blame him? Come on. Like, the Clevelands are still the Cleveland Browns. And I guarantee you the Patriots could probably scoop him up for 
half the price that the Browns <laughs> gave up. Jeez. And Listen. we're back to you thinking the Patriots are the Steinbrenner Yankees again. <laughs> Tom Brady's going to need a wide receiver next year, and God knows, Lord knows, if Odell Beckham Jr. gets Tom Brady, you would probably see Tom Brady's second greatest year of all time. Just think of that for a second. But, yeah, the Cleveland Browns win this football game 27-24. All right, Falcons and the 49ers. I'm going to take the 49ers, but I think this will actually be closer than people expect for a couple reasons. One, Atlanta's run defense is not that bad. They're actually more average than they are bad, like people thought. Their pass defense is the issue, and that's where the Niners ultimately come back and win this game. But the speed of the linebackers will help against Kittle, I think, in terms of containing him. And the 49ers receivers... They've been better, but they're not still not amazing where I could trust them to take advantage downfield. So I think it, the defense will keep it in it for a while. The problem is Atlanta lost Calvin Ridley for the year, and that's where they were going to have some kind of mismatch because Julio Jones and Richard Sherman's kind of even, and the 49ers, I think, could stop Devontae Freeman. So that's going to be a lot harder for them to take advantage of. I think the 49ers come back in the second half. They'll win a close game. I think they'll win a 24-21. And I actually think they'll need this kind of win to stay battle-tested. I really do. They need to win some close games. San Francisco will win this football game, and I think Atlanta's a little, you want to say, too hot. Atlanta right now, to me, is too hot. But I'm not really concerned about that whatsoever. I think San Francisco wins this game pretty easily. Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan knows the defense. So it's not like he's trying to figure it out. He knows it. I'll take the guy that prepared against it for a year and a half over the guy that doesn't know it. And Kyle Shanahan's proven to be a genius. So I would even say you could see Kittle go off or Emmanuel Sanders or uh, Morrister. That guy could run for 100 or catch for 100. doesn't really matter. Uh, San Francisco, 28-7 over the Falcons. Jags Raiders. This one will be interesting. I think this could be the worst game of the weekend. The Raiders definitely—they've had their reality check now. They were—they were too hot. Now they're struggling right now, but I do think they'll bounce back. The Jags' defense has shown some issues lately, especially stopping the run. Josh Jacobs coming back potentially. If not, DeAndre Washington played well last week. He—he actually ran the ball nicely. So I think that'll end up making a difference. I think they'll get some big plays from Derek Carr. Darren Waller, I think, is a nice game as well. Jacksonville outside of Miles. Jack does not really have the great linebacker talent this year. So I think that'll make a difference. And the Raiders can stop Fournette. They still their run defense is still top ten. So I think Gardner Minshew and the receivers will get theirs, and that's really it. I'm gonna take Oakland 27-20. It's the last week I'm taking Jacksonville. Doug Marone's To save your bet. <laughs> No, I really think Gardner Minshew is a better quarterback right now than Nick Foles is. The team plays better. Leonard Fournette is running probably the best of his career. DJ Chark is a good wide, good going wide receiver. At Oakland secondary is not great. Jacksonville's offensive line is better. Well, no, no, nah, yeah, they're probably it's close. Even. I would take the Raiders but, though. Too. I. I don't know. I, I do think Jacksonville wins this football game just because it seems like a Jacksonville thing to do. Uh, 2017 over the Raiders. 
All right, the team you hate on the most, at the team I hate the ball on the most, the Minnesota Vikings taking on the LA Chargers, or as they're more properly known as, the Last Angeles Chargers. And they will remain last because they're losing again. The Minnesota Vikings are winning this game. Now, this game will be close. I think the Chargers have the receivers to definitely take advantage of a defense in the Vikings that has shown some leaks in recent weeks. Their secondary has started to struggle a bit. And their other corners that were playing better in the beginning of the season have gone back to where they were last year. So I think Phillip Rivers does play well. The problem is I don't know if they are going to be able to run the ball as effectively. And... Phillip Rivers will still get hit against that pass rush, too. The Vikings will be able to exploit through Dalvin Cook. I think those receivers against that secondary, which has struggled still, is going to be a tough matchup. I think this game will be close, but who doesn't win close games? The Chargers. 27-24 Vikings. So, just so we know, the Niners, half their defense won't play against the Niners, uh, Falcons, so... That makes me upset. But, yeah, I'm um, I'm also with Speedy here. I think the Vikings win this football game. Kirk Cousins is great against bad teams. And the Chargers are bad against good teams. So, makes sense. Vikings, 34-20 over the charts. 34-20. All right, last of the 4 o'clock games. The Rams and the Cowboys. I'm sorry to every Cowboy hater on this network. I don't think they win out. I think they'll still lose to the Eagles. But I'm going to pick them to win this game. Because for one thing, they, for one thing, they naturally have to finish 8-8. Eight because eight, that's what they do. So if they, they lose to the Eagles, just lose to the Eagles next, next week. And then they'll beat the Redskins. They'll be 8-8. Eight eight. The thing is, I just think they match up well against the Rams. They have a good pass rush. The Rams line is still kind of iffy. The Rams interior offensive line could be a good way the Cowboys could finally start playing well again with their interior defensive line and also I think this is a good matchup for Zeke too, he could power through a lot of those guys, the Rams outside rushers did not being very good, the Cowboys interior offensive line being a mismatch to help not a mismatch but it could if there's anyone that could contain Aaron Donald a little bit it could be them, so I think that ends up making a difference and I, the way Dak has utilized his other receivers this year I trust him, because Jalen Ramsey and Amari Cooper will cancel out on one side but I trust him to utilize Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb and guys like that a little more against those inexperienced Rams corners. So I'm going to take Dallas to win this game. It's a must win for both of these teams, but I'll take Dallas to win this game and then crumble next week, 24-20. to I predicted regular season that this would happen. They'd go on this losing streak, and I called every single game. The Rams win this football game. Quite simply, Sean McVay is going to be pissed off, and he's going to coach his ass off. Because the Rams need this game to extend their season. They lose, their season's over. They need to win. They're going to win. Todd Gurley and Zeke Elliott are both going to probably have huge numbers. But I actually think that there's a huge mismatch in this football game, and no one's talking about it. Robert Woods is a mismatch for the Cowboys. A huge mismatch. Byron Jones is going to be stuck on either Cooper Cup or Brandon Cooks. Most likely Cooper Cup. Robert Woods is going to be against who? Awuzie? He's got to have about four inches on him. 
Ahuzier is not nearly the size of Robert Woods. And then you got the two tight ends and possibly Noel Vanderesh. All right, I picked the Rams. With a team that doesn't use their tight ends, I don't well, know. Well, no, no, I get that, but still. Leighton Vanderesh being out, Jalen Smith can't cover both of them. Rams win this football game 27 20 over the uh, Cowboys. By the way, Brett Maher and. Um, oh. Greg Zerline. No. Who's the kicker they just replaced him with? Kai Forbath. Yeah. Not. I think Maher is better than Forbath. Mm. Just putting it out there. I wouldn't go that far. Now <laughs> yeah, they're even at best. They're close, I'll say, but I think Forbath is better. All right, Sunday Night Football, the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is going to be a good football Another game. very urgent matter game for both of these teams. Buffalo's not good in primetime. Steelers are too hot. It's very interesting, conflicting of theories there. But I am going to take the Bills just for matchup purposes here. Now, Josh Allen against running uh, outside rushing defenses, I always say, is a mismatch for, for the running quarterback. But I also do think, though, too, that the rest of the Steelers' defense, the weird, the way Buffalo's offense is structured, I actually think it could be a, a, something Allen could take advantage of. I think Devin Singletary has a pass-catching back. all have a nice game in this one. And the Steelers' overall run defense has not been great either, so I think they could take advantage of that. And also I think the tight end, uh, Dawson Knox, has been utilized a lot more in recent weeks too. I think he actually, has a, he actually has a nice game as well. And then defensively for the Bills, I think they have a ton of mismatches. The Steelers' offensive line has been good, but it's still not the same Steelers' offensive line as it's been in previous years. No Juju now. James Conner, can you trust him to run, actually? He's actually had some good matchups and hasn't played well in them when he has been healthy. So it still looks like he's hurt, and I don't trust the other running backs of that team. And those receivers, I don't know. They scare me. So I'm going to take Buffalo in this game. It'll be a kind of ugly, lower-scoring game, but I just trust their... As weird as this sounds, I actually trust their offensive weapons more than the Steelers, so I'll take Buffalo 20-14. to 14. I agree. I think Buffalo will win this football game. Uh, Devin Singletary in recent weeks looks like he's a starting running back in this league, so I trust him. The offensive line for the Bills has been getting better and better. Uh, Sean McDermott and Mike Tomlin both have amazing coaching jobs this season. Davius White on Juju, whether he plays or not, I would prefer White. Right. And I honestly think guys like Cole Beasley and um, oh, who's the other young kid they got? Robert Foster. Mm-mm-mm. No. Name somebody John else. John Brown is their first receiver. They traded Zay Jones, so I'm not Yeah, really that's sure. right. They did trade Zay Jones. Never mind. Oh, that's who you're thinking. Yeah, they did. Okay. Um, I do trust them to kind of put it together. Frank Gore in the goal line stands will be a huge help, too. I'm sorry, but are we trusting Snell and... Um, Jalen Samuels? Yeah, I, no, I'm not. Tomlin does a good job. This game will be close. Bills 23-20 over the Steelers. All right, Monday Night Football. The Indianapolis Colts at the New Orleans Saints. The Colts gotten into the predictable free fall I thought they would get into. All the underdog lust they had in the beginning of the season, it's gone now. Teams have figured them out. Frank Reich is doing all he can, but it's just not enough right now. Then they're just losing too many bad teams and they're not going to win against the Saints in prime time at the Superdome. That's going to be next to impossible. I think they'll play close for a little while, but the Saints will run away with it. 
they're going to bounce back. They're obviously mad about the way they lost to the 49ers. So I'm going to take the Saints pretty big, 30 to 17. My heart tells me the Saints lose this football game. That's just, really? what, I'm, that's just what I'm playing out there. I mathematically or analytically cannot put anything on the table right now that tells you why the Colts should win this football game. I don't think they should, and I don't think they – I don't think that I'd be able to convince myself they win. But my heart tells me the Saints will lose on Monday Night Football. I don't know why. Drew Brees last week relieved all doubts that this offense will not pick it up. Uh, Alvin Kamara is really the only kind of question mark I have. Everything else I trust. The offensive line is still good without Pete in it. Drew Brees is looking like the guy that the New Orleans Saints need to advance in the playoffs. This is a tune-up game. That's what this is. They'll probably play next week and then sit everybody week 17. Tay Bridgewater will audition one last time for somebody else. And uh, then they'll go into playoff mode. But don't be surprised if the Saints blow out the Colts. I'm just saying my heart says the Saints lose this football game. I don't know why. But New Orleans, I'm picking to win this football game 35-13 over the Colts. And then ultimately, hopefully, Drew Brees puts on a show because I really like what I saw last week and Michael Thomas on any of those corners, Rocky Sin or Hooker or you name your guy. I have him winning a lot of those matchups. And Jared Cook, Jared Cook might have a huge day too. And you saw him kind of, if he even plays. But he played well last week and ultimately his injury could cost the Saints the game. But bygones be bygones. Saints... What did I just say? 35-13. All right, fine. I'll take it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is week 14 or 15? 15. 15 in the books. Is that poll still open? Because I would love to know if I still have 100% of the vote. Look on Twitter. <laughs> I know when I just vote, when I just looked, it was... Nine votes, and I still had 100% of the vote. Nine votes, and you had 100%. All right. So I guess you're in the lead still. It hasn't changed? No, I didn't look. I thought, oh, you, I thought oh, you were looking. Oh, okay. oh, no. My phone's been dead. Oh, that's I told right. you this. We got around the world in sports done. That was it. Mm-hmm. But uh, somebody probably pissed somebody off because I'm afraid to even ask Errol why he looks so mad. Are you mad at me? I'm not mad. Oh, he's not mad. Are you enraged? I was enraged with Optimum. Oh, okay, good. I'm not Optimum. That's fine. So anyway, Speedy, we're in the end game now. And if something breaks Major League Baseball in the next 20 minutes, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> Stay your, uh, tell them where they can find us. Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, Instagram, Snapchat, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Serious radio, spelled like the word serious. Serious? Oh, yeah. SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, on our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com, and we are one of only 16. 16? Sp- nice. Sports. 
podcasts and networks on radio.com. 16. No, I thought you're done. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, no, that's us. So uh, we're going to go now. It's been a wonderful week here. Uh, Tuesday, we'll be back with more shenanigans. <laughs> um, probably going to put a Pro Bowl team together over the weekend because Pro Bowl voting has started. Um, we still have to do the NFL 100 team, but nobody on this network likes collaborating and putting brains together, so <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, it's going to be boring if I do it, but it is what it is. Eh, maybe. I don't know. I, I, maybe. I, I don't know. Should I even try to do the 100 thing, thing with anybody else? I really, I really honestly don't get how people don't want to, like, do things like that. Um, like, and then I get asked, oh, you want to get, you want to call in? No, I don't want to call in. <laughs> what? I'm not calling in for anything. Why would I call in? No one helps me, and I ask all the time. Actually, people ask me to come on and then screw me over. <laughs> How's that funny? Anyway, never mind. Speedy, say goodbyes. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, and have a glorious night. <laughs> I love that Earl Marks reacts to it every time. It's freaking hysterical. Um, by the way, Snugs wants to know if you'll be clothed or unclothed this weekend. Oh, me? Yeah. Clothed or unclothed? I will be 99% clothed. Well. Alright. I have to shower at some points, Snug. Come on. Right. 99% clothes, Snug. Good. So, um, yeah. We'll be back Tuesday. I'll figure it out. I have to write an article over the weekend, so I'll probably figure that out then. Oh! My article's up! You should all go read it. One man, three franchises, three franchises, one man. Forever changed everything, and it's not Bill Belichick. Bam. Not Bill Belichick. Nope. Drew 52. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we're out of here. Major League's on, the rookie's on. A lot of things to do. I hope everyone has a wonderful Friday. And, uh, yeah, kick rocks if you voted for me in that foolish thing. That's fine. I don't really mind. But just means I'm funnier than you. That's how I look at it. And that's the way we're going to leave this here on the home stretch. Speed, you say goodbye already? I did. Well, that's a travesty. But anyway, uh, I have nothing smart to say, so we will just see you later. See ya! You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.